anybody that does not know Jesus is in a burning house. And you've got to go where they are. You've got to step into their life. You've got to take the time and the trouble, even if you're weary, even if you're inconvenienced, and talk to them. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us this time. Today, we're continuing the series, Tag a Friend, where we're going to be looking at Jesus' conversation with a shady lady. This series is all about the way Jesus regularly took the time and trouble to talk one-on-one with people from all walks of life, people just like you and me. He never considered himself untouchable or better than others. And in today's story, Jesus goes out of his way after a long and tiring day to talk to a woman with, well, a very checkered past. Her life is utterly transformed in the end. So let's go right to the message, a conversation with a shady lady. Now, I began a series last time on various people that Jesus meets in the New Testament and talks to. Anything Jesus ever said ought to be looked at for the remainder of our days. He talked to a lot of people with a lot of different problems. I went ahead and looked up some of them, and here's some of the very common problems that people had that Jesus bothered to talk to, stopped to talk to, conversed with. He talked to people with uncontrolled anger, foolish choices, people who had made foolish choices, those that have misplaced priorities, hypocrisy, guilt, indifference, misguided ambition, shaky faith, convenient excuses for dodging God, nagging doubt, compulsive busyness, remember Martha? Broken dreams, personal failure. He talked to people with all those various problems and ministered to every one of them, addressed every one of them, helped every one of them. And so today I'm going to look at this story of a woman that Jesus met at a well in the heat of the day. And we don't know her name, we don't know her age, the Bible doesn't tell us, but her conversation with the Lord is the longest conversation recorded in the whole New Testament that Jesus ever had with a person, this woman, this shady lady at the well. Jesus spent quite a while talking with her, more than Nicodemus, more than Simon Peter, as far as just personal conversation. Now, when you look at her story, right off the bat, we see she had three strikes against her when she encountered Jesus. Strike one, she was a woman. He said, well, Pastor Jeff, that doesn't sound too good. What do you mean she was a woman? That's a strike against her. Here was the strike. A good Jewish rabbi was never to talk to a woman alone without her husband being there. So Jesus broke protocol to talk to this woman and reach her soul. Strike two, she was a Samaritan, 
which Jews of that day shunned. The Jews of Jesus' day had nothing to do with the Samaritans. If you want to know how strong the animosity between Jews and Samaritans was in those days, then just think right now, Israeli and Palestinians and the hatred and the animosity and the way they avoid one another and hate each other and attack one another. There you have an idea of the animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans of Jesus' day. So Jesus broke protocol again to reach this woman. Notice with me, there was a gender barrier and then there was a racial barrier and Jesus pulled down both walls to reach this woman. Strike three was she was living in sin. The story reveals she'd been married five times and was indeed shacking up with a sixth man at the time she met Jesus. Now, in our day, we don't even hardly bat an eyelash at that, but it's called fornication. And if you're living with somebody and you're not married to them, it's called fornication. And so in Jesus' day, it was a huge deal. So when Jesus meets this woman, there's three walls, three strikes, three things that need to be brought down before he can even get her attention. A gender barrier, a racial barrier, and a shame barrier. And I'm going to tell you something, church, that you're not going to talk to anybody that you're not going to encounter at least one of those walls, a gender barrier or a racial barrier or a shame barrier. Because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. None of us can stand up and say to God, I've not done anything wrong. We all have a shame when it comes to facing the holy God. And that's good. That's real. It ought to be that way. Now, the plot thickens with this story when we see that she came to draw water at the sixth hour. Now, that may not sound like a big deal. It wasn't unusual for a woman at all to go and draw water from a well. They would get up early in the morning and grab a bucket or two, walk down to the well, get water for their household that day. There was no running water, no tap water. They had to go get it out of a well. So there's nothing unusual about that. But there was something very unusual about when she went. It says she went at the sixth hour. Now, that would have been around high noon. And in Israel, this time of the year, when Jesus was on his way to a festival, at this time of year, it was hot, really hot. Matter of fact, we're told in the story that when Jesus sat down at the well, he was weary from his long travel because it was hot outside. It was sapping his strength. And so she decided to go to the well at high noon, instead of when all the other women went, which was at the break of day so they could get the water before it got too hot. And so we have to ask ourselves, why did this woman go then? Why at high noon? Well, here's the why. So she wouldn't have to deal with other people. She didn't want to have to run into all of the raised eyebrows and the gossip and the ostracism she was experiencing because she was not famous but infamous in that town. Five husbands, living with one without marriage now, so she's on man number six. And so she didn't want to encounter the women of the town going at the break of day. So essentially, she was ducking and dodging and living in the shadows of society so that nobody would meet her and greet her and look at her with that look. You know, nobody can give you that look like church folk. Nobody will hang you out to dry worse than religious people. 
Man, if you've ever been judged and criticized and really come against by religious people, you know exactly what it's like. It is miserable. It's terrible. She wanted to avoid that. So she went at high noon when nobody was there. So bottom line is, in the time of Jesus, this Samaritan woman at the well was considered a shady lady, an immoral woman, ostracized from her community, and loaded down with shame and guilt. That's who she was. Now I want to draw some things out of this story and bring them home to us today. Because I see with Jesus talking to this woman, what we're headed for as a church, we're going to be talking to people who are also shady. How many of you can say, I used to be shady? Come on. Boy, a lot of you got halos. (laughs) How many of you can say, hey, I've sinned, I've messed up, and there have been times I was ashamed. Come on. All right. rest of you, I want to meet you afterwards. I want you to lay hands on me. Now, let me draw some things out of this story. First of all, we're reading here about what I love to call a divine encounter. This woman had a divine encounter. Now, I want you to notice, if you go back in your Bibles, or just remember with me that in verse 4, the Bible says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Had to. Now, I read that, and I thought, wait a minute. Why did Jesus have to go through Samaria when in his day, the Jews didn't even go there at all. Jews didn't go to Samaria, and if they did, they rushed through lest they get tainted by the Samaritan people. That's the way they looked at them. They were so arrogant, the Jewish people of that day, when it came to these Samaritans, their nose was held so high they couldn't walk into a rainstorm without drowning. They were proud, arrogant, condescending. They looked down on you. They judged you. And so, If they went through Samaria, believe me, they rushed through. But why would Jesus have to go through Samaria? Well, i got the answer for you. And it's powerful and it's moving. Here's the deal. Jesus went because he intended to meet this woman. Jesus went because he knew all about her. See, Jesus, let's don't forget, folks, was God. Jesus wasn't some first century hippie walking around in sandals saying nice things, poetic things, loving things to people. Jesus was God wrapped in skin. He was God incarnate. He became one of us that he might feel our pain, touch us at the point of our need, die for our sins, shed blood for us, and rise from the dead. Jesus is and was God. So, Being God, he knew all about this woman like he knows all about you and me. He knows all about us. He knew all about her. And knowing all about her, her history, what she was doing, how she was living, he intentionally orchestrated this divine encounter. It was on purpose. He knew she'd be coming at the well at the exact moment that she did. He wasn't surprised. Jesus was never surprised about anything. And believe me, church, every step Jesus took was loaded with divine destiny. He never made a turn without having destiny all over it. He never talked to a person without divine purpose. He was God walking around. So when he went to this well, he knew exactly who was coming, exactly what her name was, exactly what she needed. And so he sat himself down at high noon waiting for this woman to arrive. You know what I like about that? The Bible shows that God often chooses to invade our normal everyday, everyday 
workaday existence, when we least expect it, God intervenes and reveals himself and speaks to us and brings a change into our life. He is full of surprises. You never know what God is going to do. He steps right into the middle of our mundane activities and changes us. Think a minute, when Gideon was threshing wheat, There he is threshing wheat, just another work day, Gideon just doing what he did every single day. And all of a sudden there is a mighty angel that says, hey, mighty man of God. And all of a sudden, Gideon's life was totally changed by the visitation of God Almighty via an angel. Moses is out there herding sheep. It's just another day of herding sheep. He's 80 now. He's herding sheep, another day on the pasture listening to the bleeding of the lambs. And all of a sudden he hears a voice talking. He turns and sees a bush that is on fire but not being consumed. And God invaded his every day, every day, and spoke to him and called him. And his life was changed in a flash on a normal day. Peter and John came in from a long day of fishing, rubbing their eyes. They're tired. Peter pulls that net full of fish out of the boat. John begins mending the net where it needs to be mended. And all of a sudden, there is a man waiting there, a man looking at them. And he says to them, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And Jesus Christ totally changed their life in a flash, stepping into their every day, every day. You never know when he's going to show up. This woman wasn't looking for Jesus, but you know what? Jesus was looking for her and knew where to find her. All she wanted was water, but Jesus knew she had far deeper needs, though she didn't know it. I love this. She got up that day and said, see you in a little bit to Mr. Six, grabbed a couple of pails, headed down to the well, and she had no idea, this lonely, shady lady, that she had a date with destiny. Her life was about to be totally, completely revolutionized and changed by one divine encounter. So we see a divine encounter. And I want you to know that God gives us divine encounters today. Some of you are having one right now. Some people had one in the early service, a divine encounter. It is when heaven stoops down, heaven condescends, heaven steps down and says something, does something, touches us. Second, we see in this story that witnessing is not always comfortable, it's not always pleasant, and it's not always easy. I'm going to say that again. When you talk to somebody about God or Jesus... It's not always comfortable, it's not always convenient, it's not always easy, and it's not always pleasant. Our shady lady here was not an easy case. Remember, three walls, gender, racial, and shame. Jesus had to pull down all three walls just to get her attention. But he took the time and the trouble to do it. He took the time and the trouble to detour into Samaria. And go to this well when he was weary and sit down in his weariness to reach this one woman. He did whatever it took. He patiently stayed with her. Like I said, longest conversation with anybody in the New Testament. He patiently stayed with her, listened to her, talked to her, gained her trust, loved her, didn't judge her. And this story also shows that you've got to go where the people are. You can't expect them to come to you. 
you got to go where they are. Can you say it with me? I got to go where they are. You know, they're not going to all come to you and say, you know, I've sensed something on your life. Can you explain to me why you have so much peace? That hasn't happened to me in years. I have to tell somebody why I'm different. I have to make the effort. You know, think of a firefighter, a fireman. He doesn't stand outside of a burning house and say, come out, come out, come out. Come to me. He's trained to run in there, to find them, to seek them, to lay hold of them, to rescue them and bring them out, play a crucial role in bringing them out of a burning house. And folks, I want you to know that anybody that does not know Jesus is in a burning house. And, and you've got to go where they are. You've got to step into their life. You've got to take the time and the trouble, even if you're weary, even if you're inconvenienced, and talk to them. I don't believe anything happens by accident. I believe that God brings people across our path all the time who need to know about Jesus. And you and I know him personally and we're to share him. The gospel is for sharing. The gospel is for telling. I believe it was God's will that my garage door opener broke a couple of weeks ago. Now let me tell you a quick story. My garage door started opening up all on its own one day. It was weird. I wondered if God was telling me to go somewhere. <laughs> the garage door would go. Went out there. I looked to see if the button on the garage door opener was stuck or something. It was Everything was fine. Kathy and I would be sitting in the house, and she'd come and say, did you open up the garage door? i say, no. She said, it did it again. And I said, really? i go out there and look at it again. Wide open. Then it started going all the way down, and when it hit the bottom, it would go all the way back up. I started to call for an exorcist. It's like, what's doing this? Down, up, and in the middle of the night, it would open. So I said, I'm going to have to call a garage door person. So, you know, I opened up uh, the phone book, and I said, Lord, lead me. And I called the first person I called. They said, we'll be out there in a couple of hours, and we're going to look at it. So here he comes. And I went out there and met him and said, there it is. Here's what it's doing. He said, go on in the house, and I'll, uh, I'll tell you what it is in a few minutes. So a few minutes, he calls me from his cell phone into my house, and I went out there. And he said, here's the deal. You're going to have to get it replaced and all that. And I really did. It was like 22 years old. So anyway, so I asked him, I said, you have a bit of an accent. Where are you from? And he said, I'm from Israel. And I said, are you a Jewish man? And he said, I'm full blood Jewish. And he said, I speak fluent Hebrew. Well, you know what I was thinking. <laughs> you know what I was thinking. So I said, huh. I said, well, he said, you go on in and I'm just going to fix it. I'll call you when I'm done. I went in the house and it seemed like the Lord said to me, you can't talk to him from in here. And I said, Lord, I don't feel like standing in that heat in that garage sweating. He's being paid. I'm not. The Lord said, go out to him. So I went out to him and I stood there and I sweated with him while he told me all about how his in-laws, his grandfather had been killed. He had family members that were lost in the Holocaust. He was filled with anger. He didn't believe in God. He rejected Yeshua, Jesus. He rejected God. He said, I'm not sure about any of it. And you know what I was led to do? Just listen. So I stood there, starting to sweat, right along with him. And he 
tells me about this. All this starts coming out of him, pouring out of him. And I'm thinking, I'm not to preach at him. I am to listen to him. So I listened. And he went on and on. And I listened to his anger. And I listened to his rage. And he said, you know, sometimes I just feel bad that I'm Jewish because people are against you just because you're Jewish. And so I'm talking to him and I'm thinking, wow, this is a divine encounter. So I waited till he was all done. And I said, you know, I'm a pastor. He goes, really? What church? And I said, turning point. And he said, over there are 35. And I said, yeah. He said, I've seen your sign. And I said, well, now this is at the end of an hour. He's wrapping it up and he's all done. And I told him how I was saved in jail. I told him how Yeshua, Jesus, became real to me. And I told him how shocked I was at how real he was. That it stunned me. And that he could walk with him. And he's listening. Now here's what I know. If I hadn't gone out to him, and let him talk for an hour, he wouldn't have listened to me. And I gave him my card about the radio show and the church. I was going to be on the air in a little over an hour. I said, I'm going to be on in a little over an hour. And I guarantee you, when he left and was driving down that highway, he tuned me in. And I'll tell you something else. If I hadn't stood out there for an hour, he wouldn't have given me the time of day. That card would have gone into file 13 before he was down the block. you got to go where they are. I'm not going to be surprised if he walks in one day and sits there and looks at me. Okay? Say with me, you got to go where they are. Say with me, you got to go to them. Now, here's the third thing I see. We see Jesus' witnessing technique. Listen, rather than preaching at this woman, he talked to her about her deepest need. Let's drop in on the conversation. Listen to what he said. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now she's confused. She's thinking of H2O, the only water she knows anything about. He's talking about some kind of miracle water. So she's confused and she says, Sir, I'm looking at you. You don't even have a bucket to draw water out of the well with. How can you give me this living water? Now Jesus has her engaged in conversation. And he takes her deeper. He says, Everybody who drinks of this water in this well is going to be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. As a matter of fact, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring in him, in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, you know what he's talking to her about? He's talking to her about spiritual thirst. That longing we have for God that we can't put our finger on. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed the message and that you're encouraged that Jesus cares about you, just like he did the woman at the well. Now stay tuned because we've got some very exciting Life Talk news to share with you. A Conversation with a Shady Lady is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, Tag a Friend. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. 
Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Tag a Friend, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.